You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Will you turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 9? I do want to say it's good to have this morning, everybody uh, that came out to be with us. We have some still on vacation. Uh, you can turn it down just a little bit. It's ringing. Some still uh, on vacation from Christmas and some out sick. Uh, but we're glad that you're here this morning. I do want to comment as you're turning Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. I believe, and I had others tell me also, that last week's Christmas service could have been the best Christmas service that I've ever been in. Absolutely wonderful. So Sunday morning was a praise and worship team outdid themselves. Sunday night, I seen something I've never seen. The kids just, the Spirit of the Lord moved as these kids ministered to us in this program. And I couldn't help but on a Christmas program night to give an altar call, and I believe Seven hands went up. People, visitors, hands were going up. Seven, eight hands of visitors of accepting the Lord. And, and uh, it's just powerful, powerful, powerful. And uh, we just had a great time last week in our Christmas service. Well, I'm not going to preach this morning on gluttony. Everybody saying, thank you, Jesus. We don't have enough altar space. And if I did and you didn't come, it would also reveal those that are lying. Because with the Christmas meal comes leftovers and leftovers and leftovers. My papa called it must go. What didn't go yesterday must go today. And uh, so I'm not going to be touching gluttony this morning. But we are going to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. A message that you have heard before, but it's been in my spirit, and I feel, especially after a service, after the Lord's done what he's done, that God knows exactly what he's doing. The Bible says here, starting in verse number 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And will you flip over, or you can look on the screen if you would like, to John chapter 4, one verse only, and verse number 35. And Jesus said, Say not ye that there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Church, lift up your eyes. Look around. The field is ready to be harvested. And I want to minister. I just want to try to encourage you. I don't know how many in here, if we could even count how many messages that you've heard on the harvest is ready. Numerous messages. But I want to try to go at it uh, at a different angle. I don't want to just tell you you need to be out there telling people about Jesus, though we need to be. But I hope this morning my prayer is that God will give you a new, refresh desire and burden to minister the love of Christ to those that are broken and those that are hurting. Will you bow your head and will you help me preach this as I preach, the harvest is plenteous. Father, we love you today and we thank you for what you've already done, for you have done great things. Thank you for every life touched, every heart impacted. And Lord, God, we're just thankful for your presence. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would open our ears to hear 
our hearts to receive, and God, that you would anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word, and I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and everybody says, Amen. This year, I've seen some things. This is our last Sunday of the year. I've seen some things that I've never seen before. I already mentioned it, but I've never seen a Christmas program. And, I, and I've got to personally come over and, and tell our youth leaders and our, and our young people, but I've not seen a Christmas program that where the Spirit of the Lord just fell in such a strong way. You know, these young people, young people, every single one of y'all had a part in somebody giving their heart to Christ. Do you know somebody is not dying and going to hell today because you allowed the Lord to use you? That's powerful. That's the greatest thing that we could ever be used for. But at a time where people were raising their hand, a couple, and I won't go into detail, but a couple that, to be honest with you, and it shouldn't, but it shocked me that they raised their hand because I, I, know, I know them. Sorry, you know something about somebody and automatically you pass judgment whether you want to or not. But knowing their life and then they raise their hand broken by the Spirit of the Lord, I was just in awe. I was just, uh, just, I just overwhelmed. And we give the altar call and people were raising their hand and broken and accepting Christ. And then another time, I don't remember if it was maybe family day, but it was, there was a moment where me and Pastor Brian looked across the congregation and literally, I've heard about it as these missionaries tell me about it, but literally there were more hands went up than what we could count of people wanting to accept the Lord, to accept Christ. I remember one time I was on the phone with Brother Troy when they went over uh, to Uganda, they were, or Kenya, Kenya, and they were over there on the mission field and uh, Phone calls were limited, but I, 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 I'm thankful for those that get healed. I'm thankful for those that were delivered. I know that there were so many that came one time possessed of demon spirits that Brother Wes, Sister Cynthia just almost gave up, almost quit because they were prayed out. They were so tired, but they kept going, and the Lord gave them the strength to continue. But I'm thankful for all of that, but my question was to Brother Troy, how many accepted Christ this morning? He said, I don't know, maybe a hundred. There were so many that came to accept the Lord. And that's what it's about. The harvest is truly as plenteous. And until the day the Lord returns, there will always be a need to shine the light of Christ to the world that is dark in sin. In the text, I haven't found some new revelation this morning about soul winning. I've not found something new. I don't believe there is something more new than what the Bible has already plainly told us. But everyone in here has heard messages over and over again about telling people about Jesus. Soul winning has been preached over and over again. But as I look back, most times soul winning is preached as a work and not as a desire that we ought to have. Our heart ought to beat souls. We shouldn't come. I don't mean this in the wrong way. And I, if you don't understand what I'm saying, please come afterwards and ask me. Because I want to make sure that I'm plain. But as a preacher, as a minister, we shouldn't beat people up so much about going and telling people about Jesus that they feel condemned because they were so busy, they didn't have an opportunity, or they're not winning as much souls as somebody else. Condemnation is not going to give you a desire to tell people about the love of Christ. And a lot of times it's been presented that way. 
But I pray that you leave with a desire and encouragement to, to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. We already know this morning that all of us could do more. I said us. We already know that. I don't got to tell you that. We already know that we could do much. So I'm not here to, again, to, to stir that up. I just want to give you a desire. And that's my prayer is that we would continue to be about the harvest. The sole reason that Jesus came to this earth was to seek and to save. His character is to love. His character is to give eternal life to anybody and everybody that will believe. Everything he done was to draw a sinner to the place that they would believe upon him. Every healing, every miracle, every time he raised somebody from the dead, every teaching, every time he fed the multitude was for the sole root reason that somebody would believe that he was the Son of God. It was to draw the sinner to repentance. And today we need to keep that in account that even when somebody's healed, it's a drawing card to draw somebody about salvation. Even if somebody is financially blessed, it's a drawing card. Even if somebody is delivered, it's a drawing card to draw somebody to salvation. I want you to understand something this morning that you already know. You can go to heaven if you're sick, but you're not going if you don't know Jesus. We've got to come to that knowledge and we've got to put it in its rightful position. The character of Christ was salvation. In Luke chapter number 15, three times in a row, he gave parables. He said, do you not know that I will leave the 99 to go find the one? And we will rejoice over the one that we have found. Do you not know that the maiden will look all over the house? If she has one lost coin, she will look. She will seek diligently. She will light a candle. And when she finds that coin, she will call her neighbors and rejoice because it has been found. He said, do you not know about the prodigal son who left his father's house? But when he returned, his father was sitting up on the porch looking for him. And when he came up the road, he went and ran and he met him. He wrapped him with a new coat. He put a ring on his finger. He killed the fattest calf. And the whole area rejoiced because the one lost son came back to the Lord. I want you to know, angels rejoice Oh, well, just when somebody's healed, they rejoice when somebody gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about. This is the heart of God. What much of the church has used, the gospel has not been for salvation. Much of the church world uses the gospel for great riches or for positive thinking. I had a, I was about to hand out some Bibles one time to some Teenagers about to graduate high school. I, I, I say this not to, and I won't tell you his name if you ask me, not to bring any shame on him, but it broke my heart. We had to have a little talk. We had to have a little talk afterwards. Teenagers, I wish you'd have been here. We've seen our teenagers minister and people were getting saved Sunday night. And he was handing... Teenagers that were graduating high school Bibles and saying, This ain't going to mean much to you right now. You might find some words and wisdom in there later. I thought, My friend, I'm sorry, but you call yourself a preacher? You just handed them the word of life and you're telling them it ain't going to mean much to them? And I've got a teenager sitting in a high school that's doing a Bible study and seeing people changed? No. This is more than just words of wisdom. It is the book of life this morning. People are using it for the wrong thing. 
But it will always be a road map for the sinner to help the believer to be changed and to walk with the Lord. Reaping the harvest. Everybody in here has got lost loved ones. Reaping the harvest entails everything that is a part and not just vocally witnessing, but everything that is a part. And by that, I, I mean everything. In a harvest, somebody planted. In a harvest, somebody watered. In a harvest, somebody might have plucked weeds. In a harvest, somebody gathered. But there is much to contribute to the harvest. And everybody in here is able to contribute to the harvest. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Jesus taught on sowing and he taught on reaping right after he gave them this uh, call, this charge and tell them, look up, open your eyes, the fields are white with harvest. It all comes together and everything that entails the harvest is a part of reaping the harvest in this last day. Even if you don't personally lead somebody to the Lord, I want to ask you this morning, are you planning? Are you watering? Are you giving to the work of God? Are you contributing to the work of God? Are you allowing the Lord to use you in the work of the Lord? There's about four people in here, maybe about four, that has ever been to Kenya or Uganda. Ever. Maybe, maybe more. Four or five. But do you know this church, that mission trip I was talking about when all of them people got saved, if you came and you contributed to a fundraiser or you give a dollar, whatever you had to give, do you know you had a hand in all of those souls that were saved? You had a part in that. You had a part in them. They were over there fighting each other and they run out of Bibles, fighting each other for a Bible. If you bought an $8 Bible, you contributed to that. So everybody can do something. When we look at doing something, today we've got more ways to share the gospel than we've ever had before. Most everybody in here is on Facebook or on some kind of social media. Do you know sometimes sharing a video that has touched your heart can make an impact on somebody? I've got private messages from, some, from, from people that I was just acquainted with. I've never had a personal conversation with that have messaged me and said, would you call me and have prayer for me? Something that was said, something that somebody shared, touched their heart at the right time. Do you know that simply sharing a video is part of the harvest? It can plant a seed. It can water a seed that somebody else has already been, uh, been planting there. Do you know that praying for somebody that is lost will do much in reaping the harvest? Because what you need, you know what? There, there's a time that you will witness to somebody and you will come to the place I've done all I can do. I've said all that I can say and it seems like everything I say or do is only making it worse. Ever been there? You know what you can do? You can back up and say, God, I'm here and lead me, guide me, but I'm asking for the power of the Holy Spirit to move upon his heart. Let me tell you this morning, uh, he may run you off, they may run you off, she may run you off, but the Holy Spirit is not going to quit sitting there and knocking on their heart's door. Where's Jesus? I stand at the door and I will knock and whosoever will open the door, I will come in and I will sup with them. Stand at the door and knock. Do you know that giving an encouraging word to somebody can be planting a seed or watering a seed? Walking away from an ungodly conversation 
will plant a seed. Because they're everybody in the group, guess who they're looking at? They're looking at the one that walked away. I'm preaching good. Do you know that being faithful to the house of the Lord, and let me say this, and again, no condemnation here. I'm just, I'm just being truthful. Do you know that missing every other event because there's church? Oh, that must have been really good. Missing other events because it's church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. We'll plant a seed or water. When they keep inviting you and say, oh man, you know I'm going to church Sunday morning. That's Sunday morning. That's Sunday night. I'm, I'm on, they'll quit inviting you because there's a seed planted that there's a priority of being faithful to the house of God. I'm preaching good. Do you know giving of your money? It got quiet. It's really going to get quiet now. Giving of your money is a great way to be a part of the harvest. Believe it or not, the electric company, they don't give us free electric. They just won't do it. But I want to tell you this morning, it does not bother me, used to, but it doesn't bother me to stand up and ask you to give your tithe, your 10%. You know why? Because I'm hands-on with the finances, and I know where that tithe and that offering is going, and I know that it's going. Look, I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to give an account. It does not bother me to ask you to give a tithe to support a ministry that is preaching Christ and Him crucified and seeing people saved. Why would we not give a tithe? We will, we only reason we won't give a tithe is because we're robbing God. Oh, there's the condemnation. We've not been brought into this grace. not going to bother me to ask you to give a tithe. It's not going to bother me to ask you to give in a building fund offering that is going to make more seats for souls and going to make more parking for people. It doesn't bother me to ask you to give in a Sunday night, once a month building fund offering that is going to continue to build on for the vision that God has put in our hearts. You know why? We're not buying new things for it that is unnecessary. How's that reaping the harvest? Well, they got to have a place to sit. You know, last Sunday, I know this morning we got several that is out last Sunday, 180, 160 something, 187 was, was capacity. We just done this, what, a year ago or so, and we were at capacity already. We're seeing souls saved. Some of them souls that's being saved is your family that's coming in and sitting beside you. That ain't going to bother me. It does not bother me on Wednesday night to take up an offering for a youth department that is allowing the Holy Spirit to use them and people are getting saved. That doesn't bother me. Why? Because that's what we're doing. We're investing in the things that the kingdom of God needs. And I, I, I tell you, you should be a part of it. That's a way you can be a part. I had a person to tell you, well, you know, I don't have nothing to give. Well, God knows. You don't have nothing to give. You don't have nothing to give. I don't mean to just highlight, and I, I promise I'm just about done. My mother can come up with more ways to give than anybody in the wide world. She will create a job. You know what? We'll pick up pecans. People, some people think that's ridiculous. Pick up pecans. We've got to crack, got to pick out, got to put them in a bag, and when you get all done, look, it's a lot of work. i still got a mark on my hand. I sat down one evening and helped Dad crack them by hand, and I got one of them, my papa would say, honor buttons. From a blister. 
done all this for a $7 bag of pecans. All that money is going right to, they're picking up a pecan. People are giving pecan. Her, Sister Adams, Teresa, uh, Brother Junior, Sister Sarah, I don't know who all is involved. But, it's, but they're spending their own gas, spending their own time, and picking out pecans. And then they started selling pecan pies and selling cakes because we can bring more money in for the parking lot. Do you know they brought in over $1,500 of money out here that was not contributed out of their own pocket? Um, don't tell me you don't have nothing to give. <laughs> don't tell me. Crack a pecan. I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. He can give. There's a way to give to anything. The harvest is plenty. And there's much opportunity to get involved. How many times? I want to ask you a question. I'm slowed down now anyway, so I want to ask you a question. How many times have we quit Witnessing to our friends, our neighbors, our family because we felt like it was just no use anyway? I said we. How many times have we, we just quit because we felt like it was ineffective and it was no use? I want you to know this morning, I want to give you some reasons why that ain't true. First of all, the field is full. The announcement came in Matthew right after, watch this. Jesus came through the city. He was stopped. Jairus' daughters, or Jairus come and stopped him and said, my daughter is dead. Oh, your daughter is not dead. She's only asleep. He just raised up Jairus' daughter from the dead. He moved on a little bit further, and guess what he found? He found a blind man. He, the blind man came to him. He opened the eyes of the blind man, went a little bit further, and there was a man vexed with a demon spirit. He delivered the, the man that was vexed by the demon spirit. He looked around. There was a whole multitude of people around him. With the whole multitude around him, he said, Look, the fields are white with harvest. And let me tell you this, John says, lift up your eyes. You know what that means? The harvest is not far from you. You don't have to go somewhere to look for a harvest. Just look around. The harvest is not far from us. Another reason that we're effective, when we're witnessing, we're relying. Uh, a lot of times, here, I'm just trying to help you this morning, and I'll hush, but most of the times that we are witnessing, we are relying on what we see or what we hear, the response of the individual. We're looking at the response to know whether I was effective or not. We forget that the Holy Spirit literally takes that truth. If this is my witness and I tell them Jesus loves me or loves you, the Holy Spirit takes that truth and it begins to prick their heart with it. I don't see him doing that, but he's doing it. You ever notice when you witness to somebody and you're really telling them about Jesus, they get meaner than a snake? Why? They're under conviction. You're being effective. Another thing, we give a truth, the Holy Spirit goes to work, planting, watering, pricking their heart. But how many times have we quit because we didn't get the response that we wanted? We say, tell them Jesus loves you, and they'll say, I'll never be at that church. You know, God's not give up on you. <laughs> That's not for me. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is really moving in a great way. No, that's not from, I don't want a part of that. 
Go by what you, we go by what we hear. First of all, uh, the, 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 the uh, first thing that we see is usually what we go on. But here's what I want you to know. I've seen a lot of times those that are very vocal to rebel and tell you what they're not going to do is the first one down to an altar when they finally come. Because the Holy Spirit is dealing with them. Another reason that you are effective, you don't have to wonder what God wants because it's a whosoever gospel. In Matthew, it was those that were sick, but in John, it was a woman that he met at a well with many failures that was bound by sin. In Matthew, the result was that they came, or in Matthew, people came to him, but in John, he sat down with a Samaritan woman. And I want you to think about that conversation. He sat down with a woman. He didn't start to tell her all that she had done wrong at first. They got in the conversation. You know what Jesus said? I got some water you can drink in. And you will never thirst again. You don't even have anything to draw water with, woman. If you knew who it was that was talking to you. I have water that you can drink of and you'll never thirst again. Well, give me this water. And then he starts talking to her about the, the water of life that he was able to offer. You know what a lot of times people go out witnessing and telling them about our church? Telling them about religion? Tell them about denomination? Why don't you just tell them about Jesus? Why don't you just ask them about salvation? I sat, I've told before, but I sat with Robert Wicker. He's not here this morning. I sat with him at the, on the tailgate of a truck. He didn't even know I went to church, let alone pastor a church. First time he came to shoe a horse that I needed a little help with. And I said, Robert! You ever give much thought to salvation? And he looked, completely changing the, the, the subject. Brother Michael said, it's my ninja, my ninja attack, because it throws people off. He said, what? I said, you ever think about salvation? It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. It's life or death. And we started talking. Before he left, me and him had prayer, and I prayed him through, and that's been a couple of years ago. And he's still bringing his family. God has done a work in his family. Listen, we're more effective if we'll quit just inviting people to church and ask them, have you ever given any thought to salvation? Jesus had the right conversation. The woman said, well, we worship in the mountain, or we worship in Jerusalem. He said, you don't know what you worship. You have no idea what you worship. And he came back to just talking about eternal life. You know what the church wants to do today? They want to talk about religion. They want to talk about how you're dressing wrong. They want to talk about how you hadn't been baptized right. They want to talk about your church membership. We need to cut through the junk and say, listen, have you given any thought to salvation today? God will take care of the rest of that. He'll take rest and care of the rest of that. Jesus sat down, he, she brought up religion, and he brought up relationship and brought her right back. He said, I have water that you can drink of. I want to tell you today, we live in an hour where we can be effective witnessing. We live in a, in a time where people are tired of religion, tired of denomination. But they are interested in a God that loves them regardless of their past. Listen to what I'm saying. They are interested in a God that loves them regardless of their past. And if we will reflect that love that God has put in our heart, just love them. Love them when they're mean. Easier said than done. I know. 
Love them when they're mean. Love them when they don't like you. But love them. Let that love reflect through you. The message of the cross, the message of Christ and Him crucified is the effective message today because it is the only message of the gospel. I could look around today and tell you of elders. I could point them out that have said, I don't even read my Bible the same. The message of the cross has changed my life. Over and over and over again, people have testified. You know why? Because people are tired of law. They're tired of works. And they're ready for grace and for faith. We don't need a new scheme. We don't need a new idea. We don't need a new look. We just need the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. And the result will be, as it was in John, that people will leave and they will come and see what in the world is going on. Brother, I don't know if it's Brother Troy or Brother Michael, one of them told me the other day, Brother Michael, of a fellow that he worked with. Michael told him where we went to church, and he said, man, y'all must have a good thing going down there. Every time I come by, the parking lot's full, and this and that is always, you know what? People are noticing. People are seeing, and people are watching. And God is doing great things because we're believing for people to be saved. I got a call Friday. This has been on my spirit, in my spirit all week, and I'm about to hush. I got a call Friday, a man that used to be very well acquainted with. We're friends. My dad knows him real well. Brother West knows him. He's uh, in his 50s, late 50s. And before I got married, I caught a lot of cattle. With a guy and just always upstanding guy. Just upstanding guy. Made friends with his nephew. His nephew was right at my age and we just made friends. Me and dad seen him a couple of months ago at a horse sale and just visited and talked. They come down out of the stands, just how they are. They come down out of the stands and stood down there with us in the middle of the crowd and just talked and visited and went well, just how they are. And got a call Friday, Michael or he messaged me and he said Brad had passed away. He'd had a heart attack and he left this world. I don't say that for no other reason but this. That just boosted my desire for souls. Because we never know the day or the hour somebody that we're acquainted with and we know or we love is going to enter into eternity. Church, there's never been a greater time for the church. We must be about the Lord, about the Father's business and tell people about Jesus. I want to leave you with this and I'm going to pray. And we're going to be dismissed because God's already done a great work. I want to leave you with this. I want you to understand. You are effective in this harvest. Because you have the right message. You are effective in the harvest. If you will share the love of God. Don't go on what you see. Don't go on what you hear, what they say. Just know this. That if you're sharing the gospel... The Holy Spirit is taking that gospel and he's moving up. He will prick in the His word will not return void. He's taking that gospel and he's pricking the hardest heart. We have got to get out of the mindset that there's no use. We're not effective. It doesn't do any good anyway. Listen, you are effective with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I am believing God to add your family, to add your friends, to add every single one.
You have you, you have the Holy Spirit, because God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance against the one that you're witnessing to. So I think with God, we're the majority. Listen, you are effective. Be effective and reap this harvest. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I love you this morning, and I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. Thank you for what you've done this morning, Lord, because you have done great things. Anything that you do, God, is always a great work, but God, we were so undeserving, but we are very, very grateful today. I thank you for every individual that is here, God. I thank you for every uh, family that is represented. I'm just asking this morning, Lord, that you would help us, God. Change our heart, God, on what we have, what we have in our heart in regards to witnessing. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to know that we are effective. God, that we are effective, Lord, because we have the help of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would lay somebody on our heart and that you would give us a fresh hunger and a fresh desire for those that are lost and undone without Jesus Christ. God, we're a part of this end-time harvest, and Lord, we're believing the promise that you gave us that we would see a harvest like we've never seen before, but it takes all of us getting involved in one way or another, Lord. I pray that desire's there, God, and that hunger's there, and we ask it in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to say thank you so much for coming. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.